Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Welcome in to Outkick the Show. I am your fearless leader. I hope all of you had a fantastic weekend and a fantastic week on top of that, right off the top. <laughs> I want to thank all of you who have subscribed to our YouTube channel. We have now gone over 800,000 Outkick YouTube subscribers. We are rapidly advancing on 1 million. It's a big deal. There aren't that many places out there that get over a million subscribers on YouTube. I love this. It's why I've been saying for some time that the YouTube commenters are the smartest and the best looking and the funniest. I love all of you. If you are watching this at all on YouTube, click like and subscribe and help us continue the quest to 1 million YouTube subscribers, which would be a really, really big deal. So, a uh, big story that's out there. I'll hit this first right off the top. I do not think that Jokic should be suspended for his shove of Matt Ishbia, the new owner of the Phoenix Suns, along with my law school buddy, uh, his brother, Justin. Um, so, this is a crazy story. It's a fun story. I give credit to Matt for the flop, although the flop more Duke than Michigan State. Uh, pretty entertaining, right? I'm not going to lie. The drama surrounding this is entertaining, but we're tied up 2-2. There shouldn't be a suspension. Now, I understand why if you're a Suns fan, you definitely think there should be a suspension because the Suns may well have lost a championship back in the day because do you remember when Steve Nash got hip-checked into the scores table uh, against the uh, against the Spurs, and I believe it was Amari Stoudemire, among others, came off the bench, and then the Suns went on to lose that game in what was a hard-fought, tight series. Spurs went on, if I remember correctly, to win the championship. That was the run-and-gun era Phoenix Suns that were so much fun to watch. I was a fan uh, of those Steve Nash-era teams. That was a really fun uh, Suns team to follow. So I understand why if you're a Suns fan and you live down there in the Valley of the Sun and you've been chasing championships as a Phoenix Suns fan for a long time and it's just never come together, why you would be hoping that Jokic is going to get suspended. But again, I think if you watch that footage and you watch everything associated with it, nobody needs to get suspended here. Tossing Jokic for Game 5 might well swing the series. To his credit, Matt Ishbia put out a tweet saying he did not want Jokic to be suspended. Uh, I don't think there should be any suspensions coming down at all, uh, but that is my reaction to the ongoing drama surrounding uh, the, uh, the, the bump heard around the world between Jokic and the owner of the Phoenix Suns. Uh, Matt Ishbia, one of the owners, and the flop involved uh, there as well. Uh, okay, now, this is a big deal. The Washington Post came out with a poll 
that showed Trump up either six or seven points, depending on whether uh, the categories exactly. Trump was never up over Biden. Trump was never up over Biden ever in any Washington Post poll during the 2020 election. So I understand for those of you out there, you're saying, well, you can't trust the polling. Like, okay, I understand. And there certainly is the grain of salt element that you have to put in place with any poll. But let me give you a couple of data points here. Joe Biden, 36% job approval. They've been doing this Washington Post poll for a long, long time. That 36% job approval for Joe Biden is the worst job approval at this point in a presidency that has ever occurred in a Washington Post poll going all the way back to when Harry Truman was president. They've been doing that poll for this long and 18 months out. This is the worst job approval they have ever seen. So Trump opening up a six or seven point lead over Joe Biden right now in the event that we had a rematch according to the Washington Post. Now, what stands out in addition to the 36% job approval, which is the lowest number that Biden has had, how about this? 63% of voters say Biden doesn't have the mental sharpness, the mental acuity to be able to be president. And 62% say that his physical health is not substantial enough. That's nearly two out of every three voters, Republicans, Democrats, and independents. Also, the number of people who consider Joe Biden to be untrustworthy has been skyrocketing That used to be a big advantage that Biden had over Trump. Well, when I saw these numbers, I put up a poll, and I'm going to retweet it now and allow you all to go vote in it. Do you believe Joe Biden will be the Democrat Party's nominee for president in 2024? Nearly 20,000 of you have voted. Only 52% of you say yes. 48% of you say Biden is not going to make it to being the nominee. Now, this is significant because let's take away Trump, DeSantis, Nikki Haley, whoever you want to talk about that's officially running for president, and let's just focus on this. Basically, Americans have decided that Joe Biden lacks both the mental and physical fitness to be president of the United States right now. I agree with substantial majorities there uh, of people that are out making this argument. Um, It also would suggest that 2024 is actually going to be a referendum on Joe Biden as president as opposed to Donald Trump. And that's as it should be because elections with incumbents are typically uh, a reflection uh, of the overall job that the incumbent has done as opposed to the challenger. And Biden, to his credit, made 2020 all about Trump and all about COVID. And he hid in his basement and it wasn't about him. But what you are seeing now is Americans are overwhelmingly reacting and saying Joe Biden's a disaster and there has to be some change. And Joe Biden is right now the weakest incumbent maybe in any of our lives. Now, doesn't mean Joe Biden can't win. He won in 2020. But it does mean that I think enthusiasm for Joe Biden is nearly non-existent. 
right? I've been arguing for a long time. People aren't really Biden fans. They were just anti-Trump. How much of the anti-Trump sentiment has faded given how bad of a job Biden has done on the border, with crime, with inflation, with the overall economy, not to mention the war in Ukraine and who knows, potential war associated with China and Taiwan. I think much of that has faded for uh, Joe Biden in terms of his support. And I think getting people to change their minds will be difficult because by and large, if you voted in 2020, many people don't want to admit that they made a mistake and flip their votes even privately. But I do think a lot of those Biden voters are going to stay at home rather than show up and try to vote for Biden. I think most people who voted for Trump voted for Trump. I think most people who voted for Biden voted against Trump. And now you have to make a choice on Biden. And I think overwhelmingly, lots of people are saying Biden is not the answer. Again, 63% say he doesn't have the mental sharpness. 62% say he isn't in good enough physical health. This isn't just about age. Biden is right now 80. I watched some over the weekend and read a lot about Warren Buffett and Charlie Munger. Buffett's 92. Munger is 99. Both of them still have strong mental faculties. So this isn't necessarily about uh, Biden and his age. It's about Biden being a frail version of 80 both mentally and physically, and what the weight is on him, which is why 50% of you, basically, it's 52-48 when I just retweeted it to allow people to vote with almost 20,000 votes in, uh, about 50-50 believe that Biden's going to be replaced by someone else. Now, it might become more likely when you look towards 2024 and also contemplate this, borders a disaster. And things are about to get worse. 6.3 million people that we know have crossed our southern border and entered into the United States since Joe Biden became president. And we are about to see the worst situation at our southern border come Friday. We're already there early this week that has ever existed in any of our lives. And my question for all of you out there is, how are things going to get better for Biden? It's hard for me to find a narrative by which things get better for Joe Biden as we go ahead. Um, Again, just think about it. What is going to change in his favor? I think things are going to continue to get worse and worse for Joe Biden. We'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. I'm Clay Travis, and Outkick the Show is going to keep right on rolling. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Much like, to be fair, Things continue to get worse and worse for Bud Light. You guys know I live in the Nashville area. Here in the neighborhood I live in, we had a fun concert over the weekend. Uh, And I was the MC. I was introducing the three different bands that played. Buck was down here. 
with his wife, Carrie. We had a good time hanging out. And I started an experiment. Uh, In the area that I was, there was an open bar and there was a cooler filled with beer. The cooler primarily had Yingling, uh, Ultra, and Bud Light. Now, we can probably mix in my videos that we can share with this explanation of it, but about 6.45 or so that evening, I went over to the to the beer uh, cooler and I lifted it up and I showed everybody what it looked like inside. And there were actually some ranch waters in there. There were actually probably five or so different beer or alcohol-related drinks similar to that in the cooler. And I said, hey, here's my hypothesis. I think that we are going to go and end up with every beer gone except for Bud Light. Then I sat there, I watched people come and go and get drinks. Uh, I told the bartenders, I asked them, I was like, hey, you guys aren't going to restock this cooler. They're like, no, this is the, you know, beer. There's probably, it's a big cooler, you know, over 100 beers, I would say, probably easily, maybe 200. It's a big cooler filled with with beer. I came back a little bit after 10 o'clock to officially review it. And I've been going back and getting more beers over the course of the evening. And I looked at it, and all that was left that you could see was Bud Light. Everybody was consciously choosing not to get Bud Light. Now, some of those people were getting Ultra, and I understand. Ultra is also an Anheuser-Busch brand. Understood. But people were overwhelmingly rejecting Bud Light. And I think this is happening nationwide now because if you drink a Bud Light, you feel like you are making a statement about trans issues now and that your friends are going to make fun of you for being woke now if you are drinking a Bud Light. And I think this is a major branding issue for Bud Light because, again, this is a small anecdotal sample size of what people in my part of the country, are thinking at this particular event. I'm not saying it's a representative sample of the rest of the nation. But we know Bud Light volume has declined by 26%. And we also know, it's fair to say, my audience probably over-indexes for beer drinkers and it definitely over-indexes for Republicans and sports fans, right? You were just like, hey, what if Clay Travis's fans do more than the general public? Watch football, yes. Drink beer, yes. Vote for Donald Trump, yes. That's probably all true, right? Guess what? That's also true for the entire Southeastern Conference, for instance. I am giving you a prediction right now. I bet that there will be hardly any, certainly compared to past years, Bud Light at Southeastern Conference tailgates this fall. I think if you go around to SEC tailgates this fall and you were to sample the amount of Bud Light that is available at all these different tailgates, usually, let's be honest, Bud Light, kind of a staple, average, generic light beer that would be substantially available at many different tailgates, NFL and SEC, Big 12, ACC, anywhere in the red state footprint. I think it's going to vanish and to a degree that's never occurred before in my life. That's what I think this sample size is showing us. And if I were Bud Light, and I've said this before, 
I would go all in on uh, on right-leaning audiences at this point. I'd probably have to spend overall way more money across the board, but I would be spending money like crazy if I were Bud Light with places like my audience where people have a super negative view of the brand now. Because I don't think this is a short-term issue. I think this is a potential long-term disaster now because the brand is directly associated now with trans-related issues. And people are like, why would I drink Bud Light? Now, maybe you drink Mick Ultra instead, which is the same parent company. Maybe you end up buying another brand, but what a mess. Unmitigated disaster for Bud Light. Again, small, not top-of-mind sample size, but you can go watch uh, what the audience in my particular community is doing and how they're responding. Um, Speaking of the transgender community, Washington Post had another poll up. I mean, it's going to take me a minute to pull this up, uh, but I saw this over the weekend. I spent most of the weekend, by the way, out at a Little League baseball stadium, um, and I'll get to that in a moment. But the Washington Post had a poll up about trans athletes involved in sports, and it showed you what I've been saying for a long time. And I think the numbers are actually moving even more in my direction, certainly for sports fans. But I think the numbers are moving even more in my direction because people are recognizing how ridiculous this is. This was the Washington Post. And the question was, uh, do you think trans women and girls, that is biological men who identify as women, should or should not be able to compete in blank with women and girls. Youth sports, 62%, it should not be allowed. Now, I'll be honest. Youth sports, I think young kids, it doesn't really matter. I've coached Little League. We've had girls play boys uh, baseball. Girl was the best player on our team. Pre-puberty, I don't know that it makes as much sense to worry, but in general... Uh, This is the response. High school, 66% no. College, 65% no. Pro sports, 65% no. Now, I would argue it's even 80 or 90% for actual sports fans. And if you wonder why OutKick is surging, if you wonder why we're approaching a million followers, for instance, on YouTube, it's because... We're the only sports-related outlet that is even on the side, at a minimum here, two out of every three people in America agree with me, but this is not just sports fans. Sports fans are likely to understand even more how ridiculous this idea is, and this is important because this is being labeled, I'm being labeled controversial. When I come out and say, hey, you know, Sports should be for men or it should be for women. It shouldn't be for men identifying as women. People are like, oh, Clay Travis, he's controversial. Can you be controversial when two out of every three people agree with you on the Washington Post poll? When eight out of nine or eight out of ten sports fans agree with me? Like, when vast majorities of the population agree with your opinion, it's not controversial. The controversial opinion 
is that men who identify as women should be able to compete against women in women's sports. That's the controversy. Yet note what goes on here in the world of sports and culture. They try to label the majority opinion, mine, substantial majority opinion, as if it's controversial. And ESPN is out there, this is what I've been saying for a long time, having a woke knife fight for the 20% of the population at best in sports, and I bet it's lower than that, who believe that men who identify as women should be able to compete in women's sports. It's crazy. It's balderdash. It's moronic. If I had told you in 2010 or 2015 that not one Democrat would be opposed in elected office right now, not one Democrat in the Senate or the House would be opposed to men who identify as women being able to compete in women's athletics. You would have told me I was crazy. Yet, guess what? Here we are. This is our current reality. But note how dishonest the media is in labeling someone like me controversial when in reality, my opinion is supported by the vast majority. They're trying to silence you by making you feel like you are the outlier and your opinion is controversial and you shouldn't be able to say what you think Only the woke should be able to share their opinions. Note what the media is doing here. It's very dishonest. Um, Mark Zuckerberg, Facebook's founder, is uh, right now evidently all in on Brazilian jiu-jitsu. And there's a photo of him dominating some poor bastard in a Brazilian jiu-jitsu competition. Now, Zuckerberg is like 5'7", 150. I am six foot 185 right now, okay? I got to tell you, if Zuckerberg put me to sleep and I were doing Brazilian jiu-jitsu, I think I would crawl off the match and crawl off the, 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 the mat and I don't know that I would ever re- return again. I was saying, who's the worst person to put you to sleep of anybody out there Uh, And my argument on Clay and Buck was Bernie Sanders. Brian Stelter, really funny, former CNN Reliable Sources host, was one that you guys wrote in. Biden would not be ideal either. If you're bored and you're hanging out with your buddies, great discussion. Who is the worst person that could put you to sleep in Brazilian jiu-jitsu? In honor of Mark Zuckerberg, I never would have thought about this otherwise, but Zuckerberg putting you to sleep. That would be tough to recover from. 5'7", 150. But to be fair, this is how all the ultimate fighting competitions started. The Gracie family, initial experts in Brazilian jiu-jitsu, they never lost a fight. They just put everybody to sleep because it was the superior way to battle. And once they got you on the ground, you were done. No doubt that might well happen. Uh, Finally, Prince Charles officially has been coronated. You guys know uh, that I am unabashedly interested in all the royal drama. Prince Harry sits on the third row. He's partly blocked by somebody's hat. He's only in England for like 24 hours. But I said earlier, I spent the whole weekend basically at the Little League Baseball Park um, on and starting early. Saturday morning, we had a 8 a.m. game. Okay, those the Saturday morning 8 a.m. Little League baseball games, that is an early start. 
one of the moms on our team was sitting next to me, also a crazy Royal fan, and she was streaming the coronation at the Little League baseball game, and I was getting updates. Kind of shameful, uh, but that is the reality. That's how much I cared about what was going to happen in the Prince Charles coronation. I was not able, however, to watch it live because I didn't have the streaming set up uh, to watch it, and instead... I was at the Little League Baseball Stadium on Saturday morning. All right. I love all of you. DBAP unless you need to SBAP. I will be with you Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, out of town Thursday. And then my wife graduates from law school on Friday, so I will be out. I am super proud of her. Uh, 22 years after we met at Vanderbilt Law School, I'll probably talk about this on Wednesday as it gets a little bit closer, But I met my wife 22 years ago in 2001 at Vanderbilt University Law School. I was recruiting girls for the co-ed softball team. Um, We had a really good-looking team because I went and tried to recruit all the best-looking girls in our class. That's basically how I met uh, my wife. 22 years after she started law school, she has gone back. She finished her first year, and now she has finished her second and her third year and she will graduate from law school on Friday. So I'm super proud of her. That is where I will be on Friday. Thursday, I'll be out of town, Uh, but I'll see you guys tomorrow. I'll see you guys on Wednesday. This has been Outkick, the show. Like I said, go subscribe to us on YouTube. Click like. I appreciate all of you. The road to a million on the Outkick uh, YouTube channel officially underway. I'll see you guys tomorrow.